Enrollee pursuant to Chapter 2 of the Acts of 2023, an act relative to ending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency signed into law on March 29, 2023. All members of the planning board are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. The act allows the planning board to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so the public can follow along with deliberations of the meeting. Public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda unless the chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view their live stream of the meeting may do so by going to North Bar Remote Meetings on YouTube via the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting will not feature public comment. Uh, members, when I call your name, please respond in the affirmative. Bill Pierce. Here. Amy Pretzky. Here. Anthony Zayden. Here. Millie Milton. Here. Staff, when I call your name, please respond in the affirmative. Laurie Connors. Here. Great. Um, we have no applicants on the agenda, uh, no public comment, and we do have executive session. So uh, for executive session, the chair will announce that the board will enter an executive session to discuss the topic and will return from executive session only to adjourn. Following a roll call vote, the webinar meeting will be ended. All board members will then leave the webinar meeting and enter the Zoom meeting. So for this evening, the first item on our agenda is an executive session re relating to litigation. I declare under Massachusetts General Law Chapters 30A, Section 21A3, that the purpose of the executive session will be to discuss strategy regarding pending litigation concerning the property at zero, no, that's not the right one. The pending land use litigation, the Gutierrez Company versus Northboro Planning Board, land court number 21 MISC 000380, due to the chair's determination that a discussion regarding this matter is an in an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on litigating the litigating position of the board. I'll ask for a motion to go into executive session under chapter 38, section 21A3 for the purposes and reasons declared by the chair and to return to open session at the conclusion of executive session. At this time, is there a motion to move into executive session? So moved. Second. Second. All in favor, Bill? Aye. Amy? Aye. Anthony? Aye. Billy? Aye. And carries an aye. So at this time, if you're watching the meeting, we will move into executive session and come back to the public portion of the meeting um, shortly. Thanks. Okay, I think that's everybody. So um, we will continue on with the general session of our planning board meeting. Next on our agenda is the appointment of planning board representative to the, that's the wrong agenda guys, sorry about that. Next on the agenda is appointment of planning board representative to town administrator screening committee. So um, the first round of screening did not end as planned. So there's a second round of screening transpiring. However, the dates that are available, um, the, the options on the table, um, Mitch Cohen, who chairs the steering committee, has put out um, October 30th as the initial date to get together and you know, go through the process and questions and all of that. And then from there, the week of interviews, it would just be one week of interviews, which is, um, a couple nights the week of November 6th. And unfortunately that week I am traveling um, the entire week. So there's no nights I can make that week. Um, I could only actually make the meeting on the 30th which doesn't do a lot of good because then um, I wouldn't be able to participate in the interview. So um, I wanted to bring it forward as an opportunity to appoint if any other member on the planning board is interested in the screening committee, um, it's pretty light for a commitment is that one week and one night, and then obviously reading through applications. So any questions on that or interest in that? I'm actually in the same position you're in, Carrie, as I'm traveling that first week in November. Okay. Bill, I know we just put you on traffic committees. I don't know if that makes you. <laughs> yeah, I've got traffic and I've got town hall feasibility. So oh, those busy. two, yeah, those two are making me mm. busy. Anthony, interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't mind filling in there, but I, I would be a little concerned about the optics of having spouses on two different boards making that decision. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> well, yeah. oh, go ahead, Millie. Is it changeable to the next week or? 
No, if it were, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind doing it. Or Millie, if you wanted it, I'd be happy to um, give you that opportunity as well. Um, at the time I, well, what I could do, Anthony, if you're interested, but it's optics, I could let Mitch know that um, if that's a concern to him as well, then we probably have to change the timeline. The only other thing I thought of, um, you know, I think it was nice in being a part of the first round, it was nice to have someone from a land use board um, be a part of that because you could ask questions like you'd listen for different things and ask specific questions that related to sort of like the land use in town and um, different things that like we've talked a lot about housing and economic development and things like that so I think it was nice to have someone with our eye there the only thing I thought of was like I don't know if maybe Paul as the ZBA wanted to be on it I'm not sure if we can appoint from another board like that or we'd have to open up well or do we have to open up an application process we couldn't just say well could we have the other land use board represented or oh I can't hear you Laurie you're on mute there gosh oh for three um <laughs> I'm not sure how they wrote the charge whether okay. it could be a, a representative of the planning board so maybe you could appoint somebody or whether it has to be a member of the planning board. So I can, um, I can look into it. Maybe what we could do is put forward Anthony's item or ask if, uh, I mean, is Amy definitely not interested? She's not here this evening, so. I did not hear from her on that. Um, so if, if you were concerned about the optics, maybe ask if the planning board can make the appointment. Well, what if, so in case they have to get rolling, what if we appointed Anthony? And then I don't know if Amy's interested or not, but what if we, oh, hate to do it when she's not here. If we did her as an alternate. Well, so we, we have time, we got another meeting. That'll, that'll be the last time she is in here for a meeting if we do that. <laughs> we do. One. Well, I was also wondering, too, if we, so one, my concern about the next meeting, so I'm going to flip topics for a second, if that's okay with everyone. Do we have, we don't have any applications on the 17th. Do we have anything on our agenda for the 17th, Lori? The only thing we had is I was gearing up to uh, present the draft of the MBTA bylaw that I've been preparing. But if you'd prefer to do that on November 7th, then I'm fine by that. So that. if Bill's, uh, Bill can't make the next meeting, I'm traveling, but I will call. I will make it the point to if we need to meet, I will come. But if we don't need to meet, I'd hate to just meet to appoint a steering committee person. I mean, I could probably do it as a as an alternate. Maybe Anthony, if you can do, you know, have them go through you first, and then if you, you know, for some reason they have an issue. Does that sound okay, Anthony? Sure. I have a quick question. Did you say on, on the uh, interview nights, which are November sixth and November seventh? No, hold on a second. Let me look Sorry. at the exact email so I um, don't misstate okay yeah the seventh is actually our meeting so it's election night too it's election night so I doubt we can even meet and I wonder can any oh. meetings transpire on election night Lori like even a uh, yeah you're typically not allowed to have meetings on election night no I didn't think so that's what I was checking okay so maybe Mitch didn't realize that so the dates that he has proposed is Monday 10th or uh, October 30th at 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. That's to review the application packets and decide who to interview. Then he wanted to do interviews for the 7th and 8th with a backup day of the 9th so that the select board could have final interviews the week of the 11-13. And I think that's all intended to not jam up against Thanksgiving. So yep. if he can't, if the seventh you cannot do, I would assume that means the eighth and the ninth for that week. Okay. Does that change your situation, Millie? Yeah. Oh, does that make you want to do it or no? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would like to do it actually. Okay. Anthony, does that do you do you 
um, want to do it enough where you'd like you'd like to be an alternate, or do you want to go for it altogether, or were you just being the the one who we kind of forced it on? I was like the last choice, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So if Millie's interested, then you go for it. Okay. If you make the dates. All right. Um, and Bill, does that? You, I assume you're only putting yourself as a you are submitting yourself as a sacrifice, not because you yeah. really want an alternate. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, and I, you know, this is I, I'm kind of disappointed to not be a part of it. It was really a great process, and I think um, it was really interesting, and it was really nice to meet all those different candidates, and it was um, it was easy in the, in terms of not being a huge lift. So. Um, all right. Is there then a motion to appoint Millie Milton as the planning board representative to town administrator screening committee? So moved. Second. Second. All in favor, Bill? Aye. Anthony? Aye. Millie? Aye. And carries an aye. So I'm going to um, mention to Mitch that um, the seventh is election night and ask, um, let's let him know with the caveat that Millie is okay for the eighth and ninth. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, next on the agenda is discussion of zoning bylaw amendments. So Laurie, there's just what Amy submitted so far. Is that what? Um, I had a few that I wanted to discuss with you folks as oh, well. Sure. sure. Um, so one of the things that really has come out as part of the downtown revitalization project is the fact that the vast majority of uh, downtown Northborough is located within the groundwater protection overlay district, um, area three predominantly. And so what that means is that there's a mandatory uptick in the minimum lot size. So if you look at our zoning book, the downtown business district has a minimum lot size of 4,000 square feet. However, uh, the fact that almost the entire thing is located within the aquifer area, I mean, the groundwater area three means that the minimum lot size is really 20,000 square feet. So if the town wants to get a more classic dense downtown, uh, more in line with the underlying zoning district, this is a big problem. Mm. Um, so one of the things that I was thinking about doing is if you look at the groundwater protection overlay, um, there are certain by right uses that are commercial development. And then there are uses that are allowed by special permit. So currently the commercial development that is by right is limited to retail shopping, business or professional office. Um, and there are a number of other commercial uses that have similar impacts that are not on this list and certainly don't cause any harm to the aquifer. For example, a bank or a, um, let's see, other potential uses are personal service. So if you had like a massage parlor. So right now these uses are required to go to the ZBA for a special permit but for the most part, all they're using is massage oils and like a hair salon is another example. Um, they're using dyes, you know, maybe perms. Um, and that's pretty much it. Other than that, it's just cleanser that any other type of business would use. And the same is true for restaurant uses. So my thought is to expand the list of commercial development uses that are allowed by right. Um, so pretty much it would be any of the commercial development uses 
And then the types of uses that would require a special permit are the ones that use toxic or hazardous chemicals. Um, so it would make it easier to permit these uses. And it would also enable us to finally get down to that 4,000 square feet if we eliminated the uh, 20,000 minimum lot size for um, these type of uses. And so, I mean, what's the point of having a 4,000 minimum lot size if nobody can actually achieve that minimum lot size because all of the properties are in the overlay district? You know, it kind of kind of makes it silly. I believe so that was on why the, um, the minimum lot size is 20,000. Like, is there any reason? I just seem so. I think it's a growth management tool. But what the end result is, is the sprawling auto-dominated design that we currently have downtown. So there's, there's not going to be a way to get away from that with the groundwater protection overlay being pretty much the entirety of the downtown district. So that was one thing that I was thinking of changing. So um, it would still have the requirement having to do with um, the runoff. So it would still say that the increase in post-development net, net runoff shall not exceed existing conditions by more than 15%. The impervious cover of the building is increased over existing conditions by no more than 40% or there is no restriction of block coverage beyond that provided by underlying zoning where the proponent can demonstrate and certify that runoff waters leaving the developed site via surface flow will not violate class B water quality standards, et cetera, goes on from there. And any on-site sewage disposal is less than or equal to 110 gallons per day per 10,000 square feet of plot area. So essentially what I did is I merged pieces of the special permit criteria with um, the buy right criteria. So uh, that's, that's what I did. So then my proposal is to eliminate the commercial development special permit criteria for everything except those uses that involve the toxic, the toxic and hazardous waste. So I can provide you with a specific language at the next meeting. Yeah, um, yeah. Any questions, initial questions or thoughts from the board? So Lori, are you saying specifically in the downtown business zoning district, not business east, not business, but just the specific downtown business? You know, I was thinking everywhere because the okay. reality is that pretty much everywhere else in the state, uh, area three isn't regulated at all. This is an extra level of regulation that the town of Northboro has that most towns don't have. Mm -hmm. And so the concern, I mean, let's be real, they're, they're not going behind their business and dropping, um, you know, perm chemicals into the river. So the chance of those perm chemicals getting out of the business and going into the river is pretty much non-existent unless somebody goes ahead and purposely pours them down there. So the risks from these businesses has to do with the septic system, and the drainage system, and that's it. So if you're already regulating that through the groundwater protection bylaw, then you really don't have to be concerned about like underground storage tanks, you know, like a gas station mm. or a um, industrial use where they have huge vats of these chemicals that could possibly leak. 
those are the businesses of concern, not these little massage parlors and hair salons that are made to jump through this hoop where they have to give us a list of all of the, you know, types of hair dye that they use and the chemicals that are included within it. Mm. Um, so it just, it just seems like um, we're making these folks go through this step for no real environmental benefit. Mm. So I'd, I'd still recommend keeping the regulation on area two um, and area one, of course, but not on area three. But we still would be going after those non-point source pollutants with regards to the septic systems and the uh, drainage facilities. Questions from any, anyone else or thoughts? And you're saying to reduce the minimum lot area to 4,000 or to... To eliminate the mandatory upsize. So if you look at um, downtown Northborough, you yeah. really have three different zoning districts. Right. So you have uh, the MSR district, you have downtown business district, and you have downtown neighborhood district. Right. And the minimum lot sizes vary. So downtown business is 4,000 square feet. Yep. Uh, downtown uh, neighborhood, I believe it's uh, 10,000 square feet and the MSR is 15,000 square feet. So you'd still have to adhere to the minimum lot size requirements of the specific districts that the properties are located in. Okay, okay. Um, but, but disregard, or not disregard, but eliminate the upsize because of the groundwater three. Correct. Got it, okay. There why do you think, I mean, I know you're saying it's because of the runoff and the the chemicals that could possibly be into uh, put into the, the water system. Um, but is that the only reason they would have chosen 20,000 square feet for downtown and 25 for, you know, Main Street residential versus? Well, they just applied it to the entire town. Okay. So they applied it to anywhere in town, regardless of zoning district that is within area three. And uh -huh. they did the same in area two and the same Lots in area okay. one. So the problem is it's negatively impacting our downtown and what people want to see long-term the downtown. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so another thing that Amy had suggested, oh, on I just want to make sure. So Anthony, do you have thoughts on that one or even no, around? Yeah. Yeah. Bill, anything from you? No, to me, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing it written down. That was a little hard to follow. So I thought originally you were just, so when you first mentioned the size, I, that was where my head went, but then it went to the um, uses as well. So it sounds like a two part. Yeah, so so the new language, so right now the language says commercial so, development. What page you, could you mind what page you want, by the way? That'll just help me look at it. Yeah, let me uh let me get that one second. Oh sorry, I thought you were already looking at it. That's okay. No, I, I wrote this down, but I wrote it down right before the meeting. So I, I didn't think it was fair to email it to you guys. It's um, on oh, do you have it? Seven sixty three. Seven sixty five. Oh, oh, I had it 763, okay. Are you in the uh, do you have the yellow yeah. book? Mm, probably. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so I need okay. to get everybody the red book. So whoever doesn't have the red book, please come and get it. I don't, okay. did we get our, our bylaws approved? Did the AG approve them? This is actually from not this past town meeting, yeah. but the uh prior yeah. year so we've had those books for a while now so all right so here and there okay we're on 765 yeah. 765 so if you look under area two number four wait um subsection four three and then if you if you look under um so that's the special permit area and then also if you would look at the prior 
page 763 in my book, where it talks about by right uses within area three. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, number three under that section. So letter C, three. Mm -hmm. So under uh, that area, why don't we do that first? So my new language is commercial development as allowed per underlying zoning that does not involve as accessory uses the manufacture, storage, application, transportation, and or disposal of toxic or hazardous materials, such that the increase in post-development net runoff volume shall not exceed existing conditions by more than 15%. The impervious cover of the building is increased over existing conditions by no more than 40% or there is no restriction of lot coverage beyond that provided by underlying zoning, where the proponent can demonstrate and certify that runoff waters leaving the developed site via surface flow will not violate class B water quality standards and runoff waters leaving the site via groundwater recharge will not violate class one groundwater quality standards B14 CMR6. And any on-site sewage disposal is less than or equal to 110 gallons per day per 10,000 square feet of plot area. So what this does is it eliminates the mandatory uptick in lot size. Instead of just saying that this applies to retail shopping, business, or professional offices, I just broadened the, the commercial use classification to include pretty much every use mm -hmm. that doesn't involve toxic or hazardous materials. And I also provided an ability to not have to adhere to the lot coverage requirement. And the reason for that is because the lot coverage requirement uh, is non-existent in the downtown business district. So the whole point is you should be able to pretty much build on the entire parcel as long as you are infiltrating your stormwater runoff into the ground. So you're cleansing it and infiltrating it into the ground. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what that would do. And, and did you put the percentages? I feel like it was 40 down to 15, but then 15 up to 40. Or did I, did you flip the percentages on that? Um, Post-development net runoff shall not exceed, exceed existing conditions by more than 15%. And then the next one, the 40% has to do with the impervious cover. Oh, of the okay. Building. All right. I got you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Lori, does that create an issue with parking? Like now um, people can build and so we're going to be limiting the parking in the area? which is already an issue? So one of the, the, what we're trying to do with the downtown revitalization plan, I'm apologize that you folks haven't seen it yet. Um, it's still in draft form. What we're trying to do is provide alternative options in the downtown. So there are certain locations where on-street parking is proposed. And then there's a recommendation to build a couple of new municipal parking lots. So the benefit of that, um, and you'll see in the new um, MBTA bylaw, I provide, well, we'll see if you guys agree to include some of that in the downtown area, but in case you do, I provided an allowance for people who have businesses that have excessive quantities of parking, they would be able to share their parking lot with businesses that are located within 500 feet uh, for differing hours of operation. Like for example, uh, the church has been talking about how they don't really use their parking lot and they may be interested in sharing it with others. Um, so if there were a business nearby, they're located within 500 feet, they could come up with a legally binding agreement to share the parking um, for differing hours. Like, for example, if it were a restaurant that were only open, 
you know, lunchtime and after, then that might be a, a good use uh, for sharing purposes. And then it would specify how many parking spaces they'd be willing to share with this business. And I imagine that there would be some compensation that would uh, exchange hands, but you know, that would be a private matter for them to deal with. So mm -hmm. the idea is to figure out alternatives. So not everybody has to have their own dedicated parking lot. So they, or they could have a smaller parking lot than they would otherwise. So it's to, to give some flexibility. Do we have to change other bylaws for that? Because there's certain parking requirements. Well, it may be something that we may be interested in doing in the downtown business district. So there are certain development regulations that are specific to the downtown business district. And this might be one that we would wanna consider. Uh, one of the recommendations in the report is also to do a parking garage. I don't know if that's ever gonna happen. Um, but regardless of whether it's a parking garage or whether it's surface parking, the idea is the same. Is the, Fred still contracting with us or does Fred contract with us at all, the town? Uh, Fred Litchfield? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing some part-time consulting. He does maybe 10 to 19 hours a week, I think. If there's there any is. opportunity to have him like look at this also not obviously I, you have expertise as well but like i'd love to because he has all the history in town i'd love to know like why did we go up to twenty thousand? does this actually have impact on groundwater no impact like did that ever matter the 20 it's just so hard without having like any sort of i wouldn't mind if or even i don't know if not fred i don't know if scott is a good does scott have any groundwater expertise i, I wouldn't mind hearing any sort of history there yeah, I mean, I mean, I hesitate to change groundwater bylaws without a groundwater expert opinion. I, I'd be happy to ask him to chime in. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a good point. Yep. Okay, so then another thing that I was thinking of, um, this was actually something that Amy asked me to put together. I can't remember whether it was in the context of design review or whether it was the planning board. Um, she wanted the industrial district that is um, within the vicinity of the Southwest connector to be rezoned to commercial use. So We've of course- about that a couple of times, yeah. So the um, Northboro Crossing is already held to the requirements of the highway business district. So if this conversion were to happen, um, even if it's just on a portion of the area, that would be my recommendation is to convert it into the highway business district. Um, now, of course, you got the gravel pit in there. Mm -hmm. So that is a very large chunk of undeveloped land uh, that could be something special. So, I mean, of course, it could be a warehouse, a distribution center. So that's a possibility. Um, the benefit of rezoning this area is then, you know, we'd be taking away that as an option. Um, but I, I just wanted to hear your thoughts as to whether that's something that the majority of you want to go forward with, or is that something that just maybe one or two you want to. Wait, so rezone to commercial, industrial district in that area, rezone to commercial use. I would rezone it to the highway business district. Why Why so? Uh, essentially because Amy asked me to do it. Uh, <laughs> so that, that, was, uh, that was why I put that wording together. Um, I suspect that a major rationale is a huge portion of that area is already used um, for commercial purposes. So there isn't much land left and there isn't much land that's in industrial use except for the gravel pit. The gravel pit is definitely in industrial use. Yeah. So it may be possible to keep that industrial and rezone the other parcels, uh, highway business, 
um, or we could leave it alone and just have the whole area still be industry. So, so isn't the ball fields, just trying to look. Mm-hmm. What is that? Currently industrial district. Yeah. It is. So, and I, I mean, in my opinion, I would like to prevent more warehouses coming to town and promote whether it's commercial development, offices, or retail in that area would make a whole lot more sense to me uh, and serve the town much better. Okay. Other thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Anthony. I, I think it makes right at nine and 20 there, you've got the convergence of two major highways. So having that commercial rather than industrial, I think makes a lot more sense. Billy, you is what you like that idea as well? Well, I'll let Melly think about it. Um, I think that's, I think we've talked about this for quite a while and I, I'm in favor of that as well. Um, but it, you couldn't do industrial. There's not a, this isn't an overlay. This is changing the zoning. Mm -hmm. This would be changing the zoning altogether. So right now, this whole area is located in an overlay. Uh, so it's located in well, the business overlay, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, it's called the Major Commercial Development Overlay District. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, and I, I, I'm in favor of this, but I'm just questioning, you change the zoning, does that turn everything into non-conforming uses at Northboro Crossing or no? No, Northboro Crossing would be conforming. So right now it's, non-conforming because they got a variance. Oh. So it would make it conforming. Huh, well, even better then. Yep. Okay, Millie, we didn't hear, it sounds like you like this idea as well? Yes, I do. Okay, all right, so it sounds like that's. So you want me to include the gravel pit or not include the gravel pit? I think we include it. I agree. I would also include the ball fields if we can. Yeah. And also Avalon is in that area. So mm -hmm. that's already built out as Avalon. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is the vast majority of the land that's available. It's the gravel pit, Northboro Crossing, Avalon, you know, the ball fields. Wait, so Avalon is then, isn't that conforming? What is Avalon considered? So they got a comprehensive permit. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, they're an industrial now. Okay. Okay. So then there's a little one um, that we've been talking about quite a bit. So instead of having a condition every single time that says that the exterior lighting needs to be full cut off and conform to dark skies guidelines, as stated by the International Dark Sky Association, um, I propose to just change that section of the site design standards. So it's it's there. So we don't have to keep talking about it. Uh, any thoughts on that? That seems like it's an easy. Yeah. Well, that reminds me, there are some other things that we're always conditioning, like um, maintaining your landscaping in perpetuity. Is that mm -hmm. something that we could think about? Or are there other things you've noticed that maybe we're always having a condition and remember? I feel like that's one. I can absolutely include that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Amy sent an email with her wish list. Uh, do you want me to go through that? Um, sure. Do you feel comfortable going? Do you, does it pretty? Yeah, I mean, uh, some of them I feel more comfortable talking about than others. Uh, the signed bylaw update, she doesn't have that ready for prime time yet. So okay. she'll send that uh, when she's ready. Okay. Let's see. Uh, she had said, Laurie mentioned to me last year, we could add something about no metal buildings on Main Street, Business West, DB, BE. Yes, uh, so we had something like that in our industrial district in Millbury. So if that's something that interests you, I can add that. 
So, of course, <laughs> the standard in the industrial district today is mm. to build a metal building. Yeah. So are you okay with that? Or would you prefer me to include language that says that that's no longer allowed? Well, is she just saying Business West, um, Downtown Business and Business East are the only districts? Yeah. Okay. I could just do it in that and leave the industrial district alone? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Bill, was that an okay with you too? I didn't catch your nod or one way or the other. Sorry, yes. Okay. Let's see. Next one has to do with the lighting. I just discussed that. Mm -hmm. uh, she mentions uh, that I had talked about a timeline for construction completion. Uh, we could do that in um, Millbury. The, the standard uh, was 18 months and then we increased it to 24 months. So there was actually a deadline from, actually, I'm sorry, for site plan reviews, the deadline was that they had to start construction within that two year period of time. Once mm -hmm. they started construction, there wasn't a deadline for completion of construction. I just wonder if we can force the deadline for completion. Is that a valid bylaw? I wonder if we'd have trouble with that one. Or just you know, for a waiver? I, I, for I feel comfortable with the deadline to start construction, but you know, there the projects really do vary in size. So I yeah. think it would be more appropriate if you were interested in putting a deadline on completion of construction, that it be on a case-by-case -case basis. Because if you're talking about Northboro Crossing, that's a very different thing than if you're talking about, you know, a 2,000 square foot restaurant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Uh, she wants to <laughs> go forward with the warehouse definitions again. Did we do that last year or the year before? Year before. Oh, wow. Time flies. I mean, I think this one is absolutely necessary. I don't know how to get it through in our town. We have quite a debate over it. Um, I, I think we'd almost need to get, I don't even know if we have the LPA hours or whatever the case, like almost outside help devising it. I don't think. Did we try it on our own last time? I think we had to come up with it on our own, but we use like examples from CMRPC. But so it's not like we came up with random definitions. It was based on um, what other towns are doing. But I feel like there may be a level of comfort if we actually had someone come in and help with that. I don't know. One thing that I'm concerned about, especially if we're rezoning the industrial di district off of Southwest Cutoff, is there really isn't a lot of buildable land left that would be appropriate for large warehouses. Um, so we'd be making all the existing warehouses, uh, you know, legal non-conforming. I'm not sure, sure how many new warehouses could actually go in that would be oh, subject to Are they to the already non-conforming with the special permits now required? So there are, are they already non-conforming? Correct. So that leads to, trying to think. I'm just looking through my map. <clears throat> Well, the only the area then that would impact is across the other side of town, not the Bartlett area, the other the other industrial zone where uh, Whitney Street is. That's what I was thinking. Well, maybe we can think of that one. All right, we'll table it for now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Amy mentioned an 800 foot setback between truck terminals and residential. 
You know, what I would rather do is rezone the area between truck terminals and residential to uh, more sensitive type of uses, mm -hmm. like commercial uses. Yep. So you have a buffer. Yep. Because this might be problematic with the attorney general's office because that 800 foot setback is a huge area. So you'd be rendering a lot of land undevelopable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that some sort of a buffer zone between those industrial zones and, and residential would be probably helpful to avoid issues. Uh, it's, it's Conflict. It's kind of hard to explain about like, but... And we can look at the specific locations to see what's left. You know, as far as developing in, industrial, developable industrial lands within the proximity of residential uses. Um, next, she wants to eliminate the requirement for two architects on design review. Mm -hmm. Right now, we have an opening. So actually we have two openings. We only have three members, zero architects currently. So for that one, I actually had a different thought. Um, I was wondering for that particular committee, because it requires expert specific expertise and in some cases um, specific licensing, and it really limits our pool in general. And sometimes our pool is too close to the projects. Do we have the ability to open it up to just, you don't have to live in Northboro. So like if you're in, a, in another town, but I mean, I suppose maybe you wouldn't want to help out another town or maybe you would, I'm not sure. But like, if we open up to another town, would it take away that, like sometimes that emotional connection to projects or any sort of conflicts, or I work with this person. So I give this person business or any of that stuff. If we opened it up beyond Northboro, that's what I was kind of wondering, because we keep getting jammed up on that. Unfortunately, you can't. Um, yeah. So town committees have to be populated by town residents. Is that, so that's is that in our charter? Because the design, design review has actually been given life by way of our bylaws, not the town charter. So I don't I know can, if we run by different rules. I'll ask uh, Andy Dowd. Okay. And get back to you. Okay, great. Let's see. I'm sorry, I'm taking notes here, so just bear with me. Next one. Um, this says, I think she's talking about the downtown business. Since the master plan is finishing up, I would like to update our DB, I, I believe that's downtown business district to include many of the Shrewsbury Town Center district standards. Uh, and then she included the zoning bylaw from Shrewsbury with specific pages. Um, you know, certainly we can look at that. I imagine you, you don't want a carbon copy of uh, Shrewsbury in uh, Northboro Center. So some things would be different, right. but certainly we can talk about it. So MBTA, as you know, I'm working on it. And uh, that's pretty much all she wrote. When we go with the MBTA one, we don't actually go forward with the property. We go through it forward with the bylaw, not the properties. Is that what we do at town meeting? Both. Uh, so we have to identify specific properties. So because we've been having a real hard time reaching consensus, and I was really concerned that we'd run out of time, I have gone forward with uh, preparing the district so what I've been doing is it's kind of been a struggle because I don't have specific properties ironed down, but I've been creating a district that is more in line with the character of the Southwest cutoff property 
and then another one that is more in line with downtown Northborough. So um, I have like design standards that would apply to one or the other. And then I, um, well, you'll see, I, I don't want to get into the weeds okay, about it without having you have the uh, suggested language in front of you so you can see what it looks like. But yes, we, to go to town meeting, we have to have the location and we have to have the bylaw itself. Okay. Any other um, bylaws that we're considering or questions or comments on the ones that we have listed so far? Oh, Millie, you're a mute there. Um, if we wanted to change something that I think is in our possibly in our rules and regulations, would that go through a bylaw or a town meeting? So the rules and regs are really easy to do. So the only thing we have to do to change something in the rules and regs is hold a public hearing. And then after the public hearing is closed, either adopt the regulations as proposed or as amended. Uh, so that doesn't go to a town meeting vote. Okay. So zoning bylaws uh, go to the town meeting vote. So chances are um, with the new MBTA, there would be companion rules and regulations that'd be nice to adopt in the future, but I wouldn't recommend doing that until after town meeting to see if town meeting uh, goes ahead and approves the bylaw. Okay. Um, I have a question on why we would consider two applications for the same piece of property at the same time versus other organizations don't seem to want to do that. Why, why, what's, would we consider not doing that as well? So you want to include certain language in the zoning bylaws that says that you can only. Or in the planning board rules and regulations. Wouldn't that be more appropriate? Then we would sort of avoid a situation that we're in or reduce it, I think. But what's the uh, what's the downside? I think it's maybe worth discussion. Yeah, the challenge is that, um, so say one property owner is interested in doing one thing. So they go through the special permits, like plan approval process. Um, and they obtain those permits. And then six months later, they sell the land to somebody else. And the new buyer has no interest in going forward with the original proposal. So then they submit new applications to do something else. So in the case of a subdivision, uh, I have encountered this. So what is typically the process is like, say for example, uh, there was a, a residential subdivision approved for a piece of land. And then residential subdivisions, definitive subdivisions stay forever. They never expire. Um, in order to, they have to be rescinded. So, and they're rescinded in the same way that they're actually approved. Uh, so that means that you have to advertise, you have to hold a public hearing and you have to take a vote to actually rescind the subdivision approval. Um, so what has happened in the past um, is there, I have required them to submit rescission paperwork for the subdivision approval at the same time that they're submitting a new application for a new development scheme. Mm -hmm. And then the approval happens uh, of the new development scheme and the rescission usually happens simultaneously in the same meeting. Okay. So, First, they take the vote on the um, 
the new development scheme because usually a developer doesn't want to give up the subdivision until they know for sure that they have the new approval. So they vote on the new approval first and then they vote on the rescission immediately after. So I've had some experience with that scenario. Okay, so so would that be something that would really eliminate the situation that we're in where we're looking at two different applications from the same piece of property from the same applicant or? Well, it's a little bit different because um, they applied for the subdivision after they applied for the site plan. So typically a site plan expires if they don't act on it uh, within a two year period of time. Exactly. So the, the site plan expires, but the subdivision does not. Um, I'll have to think about that a little more. Yeah, just trying to not have us be in the situation where we're somewhat caught in, uh, you know, a, a unclear circumstance of what we're supposed to be making decisions on going two ways. On a, on a site plan. Yeah, let me let me a think about that. A lot of time and energy and effort spent on something that, you know, yeah. they are not making a decision on something. So why are we making the decision? Right. Just curious. Anyways, okay. Any other thoughts? Well, it wouldn't be a town meeting if I didn't have something controversial to throw into the mix. <laughs> yeah. Is that how you're going to start it? <laughs> I still firmly believe we need to get rid of use variances. I, <laughs> I continue to believe that no matter how we zone, and especially as we go into a downtown business district where we want things to be a certain way, I think for as long as use variances exist, we will always be at risk for not getting what we intended. So mm -hmm. how many times, <laughs> how many times have you fought this battle? Every two years I go back. <laughs> like, and, and by the way, if the board doesn't agree, obviously I don't, that's fine. That's okay. But I do think it's worth discussing because it, it was actually Judy Barrett that had put that, that original notion in my head that when she did a course or one of the, when we used to do those classes um, and one of them she did was downtown planning or something. And that was her main case. Like if you have use variances in your bylaws, stop and start over because you're not going to get what you want. So, and Laurie, I, I know I think you like them and maybe in certain cases, not uses for a dimensional. So not like your signs or stuff like that. Only the use. Mm-hmm. Laura, so we did have an interesting case last week that I want to point out to you. Okay. Um, so this was a request for a variance um, because it's a spa that was interested in selling alcohol as an accessory use. Um, so the owner of the salon came in and said that they frequently have wedding parties, getting their hair done and um, you know, special events, bachelor party, or whatever. And the people smuggle in bottles of wine in their purses and drink at the salon. And so there are high-end salons in the, in the Boston area that do provide that service. If you're interested in buying a glass of wine, you can do so but it wasn't covered under our zoning bylaw, so they had to get a use variance, which they, they got. So now um, this one particular spa is going to be uh, serving alcohol if they're able to get a, a liquor license from the select board and the state. And what in our bylaws that we have alcohol as an accessory use? No, so that's why it's, prohibited. So that's why they had to get the variance. No, I know, but what, what is the um, use that, so it must be, a, it must be allowed in another district. What, what is the use that's allowed in another, it's a use no. that's not allowed at all? No. So 
Yes. Yeah, so in our zoning bylaw, it says that if the use isn't expressly allowed, it's prohibited. Mm -hmm. So because it wasn't in our zoning bylaw as an accessory use, it was prohibited. So that was the call that the town, uh, town, uh, the building inspector made. But you shouldn't be able to get a use variance for a prohibited use. I mean, I don't disagree that I think that sounds like a lovely idea what they would go on it. It wasn't like it was, but if it's offensive, if it's like the ones we actually put in, we actually went through this exercise because we didn't believe that that was strong enough. So we actually listed prohibited uses and said mm -hmm. at no time could a use variance be granted for our prohibited uses. And what did we put in there? Like the craziest things. Abattoir, like, uh, <laughs> you know, I remember that like, one. So in this case, it was like perfectly, sounds perfectly fine. But when it's something bad, you can't give a use variance for what the town people wanted prohibited. That's just, that's not right. Well, it's not specifically prohibited. It's just not called for. That's so, but, that's the, so but the bylaw says that if it's not allowed, it's prohibited. So then that's it was a prohibited use. But we said, well, even though we agreed that if it's not allowed, it's prohibited, we're going to grant a use. This is exactly why use variances don't right. belong. No, but she's saying if it's not allowed, not if it's not allowed. What? So am I, so am not, I getting this right? It's not expressly it's prohibited. Not, it's just not allowed. So because it's not it's, allowed, it's, not it's prohibited. Permitted. It's not saying it's not allowed. It's just saying it's not expressly allowed. Right. But I think Carrie's point is that because it's not, it, it's not a use, it's not a use, right? It required a variance. The townspeople never voted that it was actually allowed, right? Who voted that it was allowed? The the ZBA, right? And only the ZBA. So if you want to allow that use, you if should you, come back to town meeting and say, everybody, this is what we have that's come up, right. and that we think should. Do you want to allow this? And then the town gets to vote yes, not just and regardless uh, of five people. I see. Okay. Rather than just five people decide, yeah, sure, we'll do that. Because sometimes it may be okay. We most of us would say that sounds okay, but sometimes it may be, I don't know, like fur skinning, which is one of the ones we had a problem. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Anyway, we don't have to solve it now. That's just my that's my contribution. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, you want me to take the language from the two years ago and pop it in this year's? <laughs> I don't know. We can talk more about it. I've been interested in the boards. Uh, I, I'm with you, Carrie. I, I I think it should it should be eliminated. Um, all right. Well, we can. That's all. That's all I had. I don't know if anybody else had anything else. No, I just I think Bill can then read it at town meeting. Sure. <laughs> no problem. I think the the one that I read that I ended up reading at the last town meeting was one of the uh, the most talked about. So. And um, we and thought it was going to be an easy one. Yeah. Would you have the um, five-foot setback? The five-foot setback on the driveway, yeah. You just reminded me. I received an email. So sometimes the public submits um, emails as well. And I did get an email from Doug Stone, and he touched upon that, and he had a suggestion for a bylaw. I did not have a chance to forward it to the group, or Laura to you as well. So I'm sorry. I will do that. You just remind me of it. Um, but he also had a suggestion, and then sometimes we get people submit things or whatever the case, but I can't find it on hand. But I think it was related to that. I'll find it and send it. Okay. All right, anything else on bylaws? And then I was getting back to groundwater for a second. Um, or even Bob, like Lori, sometimes Bob will go through or Fred has gone through in the past. I don't know if they've had the, well, obviously not Fred, but anything we've heard there. Okay. All right. Looks like no A&Rs, law releases, bonds, any subcommittee updates to share? Not for me. Yeah. Yeah. The um, open spaces met last Monday. Um, they decided that uh, they've now set um, the meeting schedule to be the fourth Monday or the last sorry the last Monday of every other month um, but one of the other things they're doing is they're sending out letters to um, property owners um, to see if they're interested in in speaking with open spaces about conserv uh, conserving their land and um, Lori one of the I asked um, 
them to contact you because one of the properties that came up was 77 uh, West Main. And I know that was something we had talked about with um, with the MBTA. Yeah, I mean, one of the negatives of having that land be permanently protected is that it won't be available for development. And of course, the idea was that um, there be recreation facilities developed by the developer. So there would be a combination of, uh, you know, mixed uses as well as recreation space. So I, I'd rather see them not purchase that land. I yeah. think that that would be a negative to the downtown revitalization effort. Yeah, so I asked them to forward the entire spreadsheet that, that they have to you so that you can go over and just make sure that there's not, no conflicts between you know what the two boards are trying to, or two communities are trying to do. Okay, shall and do. Then, um, traffic safety um, has its first meeting on the 17th. So I, if we do have a planning board meeting on the 17th, I won't be able to attend. Okay, so what, um, what do we really have, uh, if we could remove the um, MBTA bylaw to like a general discussion on November 7th about bylaws? Oh, I sure, don't we think we can meet. We don't, have, we don't have a meeting on the 7th. Mm -mm. On, the, on the 21st then? Or is sure. there another? Okay. Um, what? Oh, you wouldn't know by now. The deadline hasn't passed for November anyway. So the 21st deadline, the deadline for November 21st for application submittals hasn't passed yet, has it? I, I doubt it. Nope. Okay. Is 317 Crawford ever coming back? I'm sorry? Is 317 Crawford Street ever coming back or do they withdraw? They withdrew. So it's my understanding that they are going forward with the Conservation Commission submittal. So they don't have to come to the planning board in that case. Do we need to be open to hearing though? Do we need to vote to withdraw? That happens. Um, did we did do that? Maybe six months ago. Yeah. You good? Hmm. They, they asked to withdraw their application. Okay, and we voted on it. Pretty sure it was in the spring. Okay. I think I in June. Oh, I may have missed that one. I, maybe I was traveling. Or maybe I just don't remember. Okay. All right. Um, so we're not going to, we won't meet on the 17th or the 7th because it's election night. Um, then our next meeting will be on November 21st. Um, upcoming meetings looks like master plan, um, ZBA meetings coming up. Yeah, we're waiting. Um, so there were a lot of comments on the draft downtown revitalization plan. So we're hoping to meet uh, in October at uh, the third uh, Thursday of the month, whatever that date that is. Um, that's the 19th. Their deadline to submit the revised plan is next week. So if they do not submit the revised plan, then chances are that that meeting on the 19th will be pushed back. Maybe possibly a week, maybe more. Okay. All right, any other business? Motion to adjourn? I make a motion to adjourn. Second. Second. All in favor, Bill? Aye. Billy? Aye. Anthony? Aye. And Carrie's an aye. Have a great night. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Good night. Thank, Thank you. you. Good night.